You think you've got issues? Hi, I'm Dr. Laurie Appel. Welcome to my podcast where we'll be talking about a variety of mental health issues because, you know, we've all got issues. So I've been thinking a lot lately about relationships, both how to find a partner and then how to keep a relationship healthy. But first, let's talk about finding a partner. A lot of my patients really struggle with how to meet someone and how to know if that person that they've met is right for them. For example, I have a lovely patient. She's smart. She's funny. She's attractive. She's got a great job. She's reliable. She's kind. She came in initially because she had been dumped, again, by a guy that she had been dating. Now, she's in her 30s and is really struggling to find a partner and have a serious relationship. She has a hard time meeting people and also a hard time finding someone who treats her like she deserves to be treated. When she first came to see me, I think that she realized she was making a lot of mistakes in her choices of dates and potential mates. One of the biggest mistakes that I felt that she was making was ignoring some very sound advice that was given by the very wise Maya Angelou, who said, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. That is, she often ignored the warning signs of a problem when she was attracted to someone. And I get that. There's the attraction, the banter, common interest, but there are also red flags, red flags that people often dismiss. We minimize the impact of it. Oh, he's just not calling me back because he's super busy right now. Or we think someone will change over time. She'll stop partying so much when we get married and have kids. But the reality is how someone behaves early in the relationship is who they are and how they will be. If they lie or if they're conflict avoidant or don't communicate or are inflexible or high maintenance or whatever, that is how they are. So how do we really assess when meeting someone if this is potential relationship material? I think that there are three really important things to take into consideration. The first thing is how the person treats you. The second is how the person treats other people. And the third is how similar the person's worldview is to yours. The first variable, and the one that we're really the most aware of in the beginning of a romance, is how that person treats us. Are they respectful and attentive? Do they call or text when they say they will or show consideration for your time and schedule? Or do they make excuses for why they don't respond rather than apologize and do better the next time? Are they more interested in comments on Facebook or texting other people than what's going on with you? Do they flirt with other people or make you feel jealous, disrespected, or insecure? Do they seem open and disclosing or do you feel that they're hiding something? The beginning of a romance is the time when people usually put their best foot forward. They are their very best selves. So if they can't treat you in a respectful, thoughtful, honest, and attentive manner in the beginning, how do you think they're going to behave when the first flush of romance wears off? So when you date someone, look beyond how attractive, funny they are. Because those things are not going to really matter much if they lie, disrespect, or neglect you a few years down the line. So here's the second thing that you should be looking at. That is how the person treats other people. 
Because after all, when you think about it, most people can probably hold it together to be respectful and attentive when trying to woo you. But they'll likely show their true colors in their treatment of others. So look at how a prospective partner talks about other people and how they interact with others. For example, do they constantly complain about their past relationships? Do they call all their previous exes crazy and externalize all the blame for what went wrong? Or do they seem to hold themselves equally accountable in relationships they've had? And do they openly acknowledge flaws and issues? Do they seem to have long-term friends? Or are they always in conflict with people? Also, take notice of how they treat the general public, as this will give you a lot of information about their respect for other people. Do they treat servers in restaurants or staff with politeness and courtesy? Are they patient with people, or do they quickly become rude and hostile? Do they clean their machines, for instance, in the gym, or offer to help the host at events, or do they sit back and expect others to do the heavy work? Most importantly, and this is really important for those of you dating someone who has children, look closely at their loyalty to their children. Do they make consisting, loving efforts to be engaged, even in the face of difficulties? Or do they abdicate or avoid their role as a parent when the going gets tough? After all, if a person cannot sustain consistent and loving actions toward the people that they are most responsible for in their lives, that being their children, how do you think you're going to fare when the going gets tough? Now, the third and possibly the most important factor to take into consideration when beginning a relationship is how similar your potential partner's worldview is to yours. By this, I mean core values religious views, ideas about family obligations and child rearing, and about social and political views. And I also mean how you generally approach life and people. For example, are you open and flexible to new people and new ideas, or are you more traditional and more cautious? Do you have a very narrow or very wide criteria about how people should live? Or do you even feel the same way or differ as to whether people are basically good or basically bad. Because while one can tolerate difference, differences among friends on religious, political, and worldviews, differences about these very core beliefs can really tear couples apart over time. In fact, one of the most common things that I've seen in my practice about why people drift apart over the years is precisely because of constant struggles over opposing worldviews. And recently, <laughs> things have gotten increasingly divisive. These basic core beliefs are at the root of a lot of arguments between couples. And yet, people rarely discuss these issues when they begin a relationship or when they start dating. Instead, we tend to focus on more superficial things, what we like to do, which is important, but not the most important factor that will sustain a relationship or a marriage over time. Common core beliefs and worldviews are really essential when considering marriage and building a family together. So I encourage people who are entering that sort of dating into relationship mode when they're with somebody that they feel maybe has long-term potential to spend some time in the first few months discussing more substantive issues, including values and beliefs about the world. 
Too many people rush into physical intimacy and focus on attraction and common interests, which are important, but the real test of whether a relationship can sustain itself is whether you can both see the world from the same standpoint. So I often ask patients to list the most important characteristics for someone they meet. So often things come up like funny, smart, common interests. Then I ask them to write a second list of the things that they think will be most important to them 20 years from now. And a lot of these things are determined by what they've learned from past relationships. So when you combine these two lists, you can begin to identify for yourself what are the most important characteristics in a potential partner. So if reliability is really important to you because in past relationships you felt neglected by your partner, then assess how reliable they are early on. Do they get back to you quickly? Do they cancel plans? Or can they hold a job, a friendship, relationships for long periods of time? And are they reliable in getting back to you? All right, so now let's shift gears. You've done your homework. You found a partner. Yay, you found someone great. Gotten married. Now, how do you keep that relationship strong? And a happy relationship is really, really important in life. In fact, Harvard researchers found that the quality of our relationships has a powerful influence on our health. One of the problems with relationships is that we tend to choose partners who complement us. That is, have some characteristic that we wish we had more of. Say, we wish we were more spontaneous, or the opposite of that, maybe we wish we were more organized. So I was recently talking to a colleague about this, and she commented that what we really want our partner to be is everything we are and everything we're not. While we seek a compliment to us, sometimes what feels like a compliment or a balance in the beginning of a relationship, what once attracted us now becomes the very thing that annoys us. So what we once perceived as fun and carefree down the line can become irresponsible and reckless. Or what was responsible and reliable can become rigid and boring. Our partner really hasn't changed that much, but our perception of them has. And ultimately, frustrations build up, arguments occur as we begin to try to mold our partner to be more like we are and less like the person that we married. Of course, the reality is, is that we married our partner precisely because they weren't just like us. Someone too much like us would probably drive us crazy because they would reflect parts of us that we seek to balance and complement through a partner. In the end, what we really want is a partner who is both a clone to us and also a complement to us at the same time. One way of dealing with this dichotomy is to recognize this inherent difficulty in marriage and to shift the focus from how to change our partner to a focus on what our partner brings to the marriage that we may not be able to bring. For example, we might see that our partner is able to bring a more responsible attitude about money or a more lenient or fun approach to parenting, where we can bring the freedom to splurge once in a while and a firmer, more structured approach to parenting. Remember that what first attracted to you to your partner and recognize what attracted you to your partner as the strength that they bring to the marriage. You can then try to utilize this strength rather than criticize it, and you can, view, you can view your opposing style as a way to achieve an ultimate balance of individual strengths and differences. And then it's really important to communicate about those differences. 
Researchers have found that communication style is even more important than personality traits or even stressful life events in predicting whether couples will stay married. And that negative communication patterns, such as anger or accusation and contempt, are linked to divorce. So how can we communicate better with our partner? Well, we're going to save that for my next podcast. We'll talk all about communication. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Laurie, and I'll see you next podcast. Dr. Laurie Appel is a licensed psychologist in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Her license and practice information is available on her website, lauriepelpsyd.com. All information provided on Dr. Laurie's podcast is solely for educational and informational purposes and is not meant to serve as psychological counseling. If you have personal issues you would like to explore, please contact a licensed mental health professional in your state.